This is Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. Broadcasting live from the old National Bank State Street Studio. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Well, the snow is tampered off for now. It's good. Winter weather in the area until uh, I think the early morning hours tomorrow. But not so bad. Just a reminder, Yurko, that we're deep into fall and that winter is coming, as they say. This is uh, consistent temperatures at or below 40 degrees. It's a little bit early, but yeah. it's here. All the way through Thanksgiving, I right? think. It's going to smack you upside the head. Uh, you might have a little bit of a reprieve come we will. December. We will. We'll have a, we'll have a warm-up. I feel confident. Guess what? This is it. This is what we have. Welcome yeah. to Chicago. Winter is coming. It was coming. Yes. It was coming. We all knew it. We all knew it. And then the people forgot how to drive this morning, which is what they usually do. Mm. First, a little bit of snow, a little slicker roads, a little bit of ice. And then you get reminded a little bit slower. Saw a lot of snow luggage this morning. A lot of, uh, snow of the, cars. Uh, on yeah. top of the cars. Too early for anybody to have the sticks out already uh, in the brush. I don't know. I mean, you, you got to get that, that stuff off. Let's you go. Be prepared. What do they say in the Boy Scouts? They do say be prepared. Come right? On. Come on. That's the motto. Winter's coming, folks. Be Get prepared. that snow off the car. We're in the uh, old National Bank State Street Studio, live on Twitch today and every day. Twitch.tv. Download the app. Search ESPN 1000 Chicago. Join the chat there. What up, Twitchers? It's brought to you all this week by Draft, uh, Draft, uh, Draft Kings. Draft Kings, Carl. I can't speak. Draft Kings. Yurko and I are with you for the next couple hours. Then it'll be Waddle and Sylvie. Black and Abdallah, 6 to 8 tonight. We can uh, spend the afternoon talking football. We love doing that this time of year. Who doesn't? We'll sprinkle in a few other things. There are no more unbeatens. Not only did the Eagles fail to cover last night, they failed to win the game. An outright winner for a double-digit dog. Hopefully uh, you were following me on Twitter and you saw a couple hours before the game, I tweeted out a quick trend for everybody, and maybe you got in on it. Uh, going into last night's game, dogs of more than a touchdown this year were 16-8 and eight against the number. You make it 17-8 and eight now. That's pretty good. 17-8 and eight against the spread. So, You're yes, them those double, bigger dogs. Yeah, those double-digiters are tough to get by. I did Not even a double-digit, York. That's anything more than a touchdown. That's oh, seven and a I half points and more. And... I was on the wrong side of one of those, Kansas City, uh, Jacksonville. That was a nine and a half point spreader, I believe, or a they, ten point spread. Nine and a half. They, yeah. they won by ten. Yeah. Well, that's oh, what I'm saying. Because you had Jayville. Yeah, I had Jacksonville. Uh, uh, I was on the wrong side of that. Oh, yeah. Man, you missed that by the stupid hook. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I've only lost half a point. My you cover just, five. Yeah, but that's the not point so bad. is, you just missed it. Yeah. I was one of the eight. I yeah. was on the wrong side of that bad boy. That was one of those eight, yeah. But that's a good trend uh, going into this weekend for everybody. Just keep that in mind. I don't know if we're looking at how many spreads we're looking at over. Uh, I know there's a couple. I know in the Bills game, that one is over seven. I think it's mm-hmm. eight. It is. The Bills are an eight-point favorite. At home against the Browns might be a, a good look there if the Browns can bounce back after a very disappointing effort in the second half out of bye. I don't love that, but that could be a good spot for Cleveland. Uh, the Panthers would fit that, Bill Yurko, catching double digits at Baltimore in Week 11. They are a 12-point underdog, and I think that is it on the board. Yes, as of right now, the Chargers are exactly a 7-point underdog at home. Chargers could check a couple boxes there. Primetime game at home, division dog. Uh, might like that, especially if it creeps over the seven, which is where it's sitting right now. And the Chargers got home 
uh, to the window for everybody if you had the Chargers a couple of nights ago. They'll play back-to-back weeks on Sunday Night Football. How about that? Never really outside of the number in that game because they got off to a decent start, and even though they sputtered, they still covered the number losing by six. So uh, we roll into Week 11, Bears and Falcons. Oh, there. I got it now. What do you got? No, I got my cover five finally popped up Mm. for this week. Mm. So I'm looking at all the uh, doing a quick, quick odds, a quick perusal of the odds. Thursday's night, big tilt. Green Bay. I told you Green Bay's going to make a little bit of noise. Well, guys. Green Bay made some noise. Green Bay's going to make noise. They looked dead in the noise. water in the fourth quarter, York, but they made some noise. Oh boy, Buffalo and Baltimore, big. And I don't think there's a a, a real big like road dog. Houston's only uh, plus three at home. Uh, the Chargers are plus six and a half against Kansas City, and Pittsburgh plus four and a half against Cincy and. Uh, Arizona plus eight against San Francisco. Oh, I, I missed that one. My yeah, bad. Arizona plus that. eight against San Francisco. Next Monday night, yeah. yes. They're a big home So that's dog. a big one. Yeah, I know you went over those, but until you were going over it, I was trying to get it. I needed to feel them. I needed to see them. I needed to understand them. And now that I got a crystal clear picture of what's happening, I feel better now. Can everybody watch the Bears this season? Still be thrilled if you want to cheer for wins, that's cool. I'm not going to tell you not to cheer for wins. You should cheer for your team to do well. But still sit back at the end if they lose and say, well, okay, it's not the end of Depends the what you're looking for. Depends what you're looking for. I'll tell you what I... I, I know I, what my quarterback can do. I know what Justin Fields can do. Justin Fields is one of the finest running quarterbacks that I've ever seen oh, yeah. in the history of the NFL. Oh, yeah. Like Michael Vick. You know, like uh, Kyler Murray in his prime when he was scrambling all over the place. Cam Newton, Randall Cunningham. That's what I have. That's a given. That's solid. Etched in stone. That's what I have. Okay? Given. I know what I don't have. Do you know what that is in the quarterbacking position? That's about 22.5% of what I need. There's 78.5% I'm still searching for. Mm -hmm. Okay, and of that 78.5%, he might have about 28.5% of that. 78. So now I'm looking. And uh, now I'm, yeah, 77. Thank you. So 27 and a half. So we're at 50% now of what he has to be to be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now I can sit and enjoy the games and I can sit and I enjoy watching them. But now I'm looking for the other 50% that I need. Mm-hmm. And I saw a little bit of it when he made three reads last week. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw a little bit of it when he gets into the red zone and he finds his guys. He's been good I in the red zone. I saw a little bit when a play was uh, diagrammed beautifully and it was run to perfection and then executed on the 50-yard play. I, I, I see it. And now I need to continue to see it. I keep telling you about how they got to stack games and the quarterback has to stack games over and over and over. It's like your boy Josh Allen up there. He's restacking games. Yeah, he hasn't been good lately. You know? His stack of pancakes is all over the ground. Right. Somebody took his dish and threw it on the uh, on the ground in the kitchen, and now he's got to start with the first pancake, which is the first game, a first good game for a quarterback. The quarterback for the Bears is starting to stack him. He's got a nice, tall stack of pancakes, mm. a.k.a. good performances. And then the stack where the victories are at, they're not there. But it's not his fault that they're not there. You know what I'm saying? I blame the whole team for why they're not there. His stack of pancakes high. The team wins, though. That stack of pancakes, not so hot. I still uh, would like to see growth and improvement. I think we're seeing a little bit of it in in the passing game. He's got to get better there. He has been much better in the red zone. He's making better decisions. I'm hungry for pancakes. Now you want pancakes. I know. I was just thinking that. Man. All that pancake analogy, I'm like, man. Yeah, I got a little maple syrup taste in my mouth right now. I'm like, man, I could use some flapjacks. A stack of pancakes sounds really good right now. You're right. He's made uh, much better decisions down in the red zone. Yes, he has. 
So that's good. Uh, but, you know, like I walk away from Sunday thinking, boy, that's not pretty when you lose at home to the Lions. No, it's not. Especially when you had a double-digit lead in the yep. fourth quarter. You're like, yep. oof. But I can very quickly compartmentalize and go, well, of course. There is some good to come out of it. Come April, it's going to be good, Carm. But come now, no good. Yeah, it's not good in the come moment. Thanksgiving, it's not going to be a fun conversation. Come uh, Christmas, it's not going to be a fun. New Year's, it's not going to be a fun conversation. Shouldn't shouldn't be Martin, losing to the Lions Martin, at home. Martin Luther the King Day, not going to be a good conversation. And at that point, the season's going to be over. Yeah. I was thinking about what you said yesterday. Like, you know, you, you don't want those bad habits to set into where teams don't know how to win. Now, there'll be a lot of turnover, and there always is. But uh, I think there's um, I think there's something to be said for that, York, that, you know, you don't want teams only to know how to lose. So you can, you can rationalize away a loss and be like, well, it's going to help their draft position. position. Yeah, in the first, second, year. third, fourth, yeah. all the way through. It's going to help their draft position. But you do want a team to understand how to close out a game how to feel good about themselves, how to gain some confidence. I mean, they have another opportunity to do that this week. They're an underdog, but make no mistake, uh, this is an extremely winnable game. Yeah, they're a live dog. Going on the road to play the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Atlanta's going to have a little extra time to prepare. We'll see what Arthur Smith and that coaching staff does with the extra time because they played the Thursday night game in Week 10. So they'll be a little bit more rested, and they'll have some more lead-up time and some more prep time. But the Atlanta Falcons... Are while they have sort of skated by with some clever scheme stuff at different points of this year and, you know, won a couple games that were probably surprising to some and were a very good cover in the early stages of the year when they were an underdog time and time again. They've been exposed a little bit. The Panthers gave, uh, I don't know what the big secret is anyway, but the Panthers certainly gave teams the blueprint for stopping what they want to do offensively, and that is heavy boxes. That's it. Here you go. Go ahead, Marcus Mariota. Good, Good luck. luck to you. Yeah, same thing that's done against Chicago. Only they're a little bit more patient other teams because I believe they know they're going to be able to score the ball. So other teams are a little bit more patient, and, and they'll say, all right, well, we're going to play honest. We're going to play true, maybe with one guy spying. But when it comes crunch time, it's not just one guy spying. I went and rewatched the, the game yesterday. You know, the, when they rushed three and they dropped everybody mm-hmm. and you gave them all the time in the world to look, and that's what happened when you went three reads. Yes. They only rushed three on that play. Right. Dropped everybody. Dropped when they dropped Hutchinson in coverage, you know, and rather than rush him, they didn't get much of a pass rush out of that. But when they committed six and had a spy sitting there, not a lot of places to go. Mm. Six to the rush with a spy. That means there's seven. That's seven. Seven. Yeah. It's, they had nowhere to go. Ended up being sack sack at the end of the game. Sack sack. Yeah. The Panthers had like eight and nine men boxes for a lot of that game last week, if you go back and watch it. And it was just this very big commitment to make sure that Marcus Mariota wasn't going to beat them with their le- with his legs. They were, they were forcing him to throw the ball. He did not throw it well. He should have walked away from that game with like three interceptions. Somehow it was only one, but uh, it was wet and it was nasty. And defensive backs, as we always joke, are defensive backs for a reason. But there were balls right through the hands. Um, I mean, he made a throw from the ground. He made a throw that a high school quarterback would be. You know, a coach would berate a high school quarterback for making a throw as you're falling to the ground. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do that on purpose. Absolutely ridiculous. He had the third worst EPA 
per play of any quarterback in Week 10. Negative .11 EPA per play for Marcus Mariota in Week 10. It was the third worst number of the week, I believe. Andy Dalton and uh, the backup. Uh, what was it? Wolford? What's the kid's name in L.A.? John Wolford? Yeah, right? Wolford. John Wolford, yes. Wolford and Dalton were the only two quarterbacks worse in terms of EPA yeah. per play. And that was because the Carolina Panthers very much said, we're going to force you to try to pass and beat us. And it was something that Marcus Mariota couldn't do. It's something that the Falcons are not comfortable doing. So the Bears are going to have a chance to win another game here. They're going to be in one of those games probably that you were talking about. And can you close one out and win and feel good about yourself a little bit and have your quarterback perform to a level where you seal a victory and you go, yes, I know this feeling. I like this feeling. There's this fine line we walk right now. Yeah, I want the Bears to have a high draft pick. I'd love for them to have a top 10 draft pick. And at the same time, does this team need a win or two to learn those good habits, to learn how to close out a game like this. There was a a point point last week, before the week, uh, they were going to be drafting anywhere between 6 and 12. Now they're at 6. They were one of seven teams that was sitting there with only three victories. Once all the buys cycle out, and they've got the last buy of the year, once all the buys cycle out, you'll find out exactly where they are, where they're at, and how even or how not even they are. But they've got the seventh loss. There's a lot of teams that are three and six. Mm-hmm. So they've already solidified the loss. Right. So, I mean, is there a difference between picking sixth and seventh? I don't know. Probably not. Right. I mean, it is one pick. And right. theoretically, by the Dallas Cowboy point, Jimmy Johnson says right. them, that is a huge amount of points to go ahead and move up. And we saw the great mistake that Matt Nagy made going from three right. to two to trade up to, to a spot nobody else in the world wanted. Nobody in the world wanted that spot. We saw what it did to his career. Pace, yeah. Yeah, Ryan Pace. It absolutely what? It crushed yeah, it. Yeah, it crushed it. it well, detonated. especially when the other guy. When detonated. You, when the other guy was laughing his butt off. Well, just when you think of what the what, what Mahomes has become. I mean, you know. Oh, I thought you meant John Lynch. The way John no, Lynch said. No, no. I just really I, I, have anybody on what, there. What ultimately sunk him is just the, the combination of you know, Mitch just not being a starter in this league and Patrick Mahomes being the best player in the league. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the league, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what's so brutal about it, you know. It, it's, But, okay, it happened and it's in the past. The Bears are going to be in a position where they might be able to entice a team to come up and give them extra draft capital, which is, I think, exciting uh, come the spring. So, you know, it is, it is kind of like this... It's this delicate balance, or it's this little dance I think we're doing now. For There's still seven games left that, you know, we're trying to... How will you feel walking away from another loss or a win? And, you know, when you think about, yeah, they should have won against the Lions. You're at home against the Lions. You're a favorite. You're up two touchdowns. You should win that game. How do you feel about Atlanta? Same thing. This is very winnable for the Bears. This is by no stretch... A daunting task. Winning on the road is tough in the NFL. Yada, yada. I get it. Like, the Bears could go down and beat the Atlanta Falcons. Yes. 3-1-2-3-3-2-3-7-7-6. Yes. I'll give you some other numbers about Atlanta, too. It's almost shocking they're 4-5 and five when you think about it, and a few of the numbers that I'll give you. 3-1-2-3-3-2-ESPN. Ring us up. Talk Bears with us. Join the chat on Twitch. Hit us up on Twitter. Yurko's at Yurko64. That's Yurko with the J. I'm at Carmen DeFalco. We'll be right back. This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. See what we're up to. See them on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. It's Carmen and Yurko. 
Remember, we got another Whiskey U tomorrow. I'm going to be out and about downtown Plainfield at Sovereign. Come see us 6.30 to 8.30 tomorrow. We'll be drinking Calumet Farm, the 10-year, which is new. That's a new release, 100-proof, non-chill filtered, wonderful. Love 10-year bourbon. That's in the sweet spot. And then the super high-end stuff, the hard-to-find stuff, the 16-year. We're going to drink some of the Calumet Farm 16-year. It was just out a couple of months ago. If you haven't been able to find it or track it down, you can have some for free. Free to join events. So come hang with us tomorrow at Sovereign in downtown Plainfield for another Whiskey U. This will be installment number 14. Hope to see you there tomorrow. Dave is in Midlothian on ESPN 1000. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I always appreciate talking with you guys football. Yurko, sure. uh, first off, shout out to you. Uh, the Cole Komet prediction was not looking good in the beginning. It's starting <laughs> to look better. Thank you. Yes. What was the, uh, how many catches, though, is he going to? Well, I, I had him, remember, he had 60 passes last year. Right. So I had him for, like, uh, I had him up for about 1,000 yards. I think he'll be woefully short there, but he's becoming more productive, which right. is good. But there's touchdowns. Uh, yes. You know, who's going to replace Jimmy Graham in the red zone? Yes. At least the touchdowns. Uh, he might be one of the top guys. I bet oh. you he's top seven in the tight I ends I bet for you sure. he is. He's yeah. got five touchdowns. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's one, uh, three more than his entire career coming right. into this season. So yeah. we'll take it. Yeah. So the, the reason for the call, though, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this. So obviously the offense is looking great. Uh, the last four games, almost, uh, one game being 29 points, every other game being at least 30. Offense is looking great. My question is, if we don't trade away pieces like Robert Quinn, like Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, the defense is obviously going to be better. Do you think that would have been enough to where we're not not just a 500 ball club to where we're possibly leading the division? Or because like you look at every game, it's within one score. Like most of the games were within one score. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are on All that. Right. Now those guys Thanks, were Dave. here when you were on the struggle bus. Anyway, I don't know if they would have been able to make the difference when we talked about it uh, when when he was with the uh, Dallas Cowboys, the game against Cowboys. Roquan, well, yeah. Did Roquan make the difference in this specific game? And guess what? Uh, 57. Jack Sa- Sanborn. Sanborn didn't make the difference. I mean, it looked like he was going to make the difference, right. but ultimately you lose the game, so even what he's doing isn't making a difference. He's doing it for, you know. And when it, when, when it comes to have to have <laughs> a key. 10% of the salary. Right. When you have to have a key stop. The Bears' defense can't do it. Not right they now. They cannot get a key stop for you right now. Could they have done it with Khalil Mack and Robert right. Quinn still? No. Maybe. Would they have been good enough to be a first-place team? The Vikings are 8-1. and one. I mean, it might be a little bit of a flimsy 8-1, and one, but the Vikings are 8-1. and one. Do the Bears in any reality they're look an eight, like they're an 8-1 eight eight one one. team? They're an 8-1 when the Bears play them. I, I give the Bears as good of a chance as anyone to beat them. They're 8-1. and one. That's fine. They play up to the competition. They play down to the competition. No, I know, but I'm saying, like, would to Dave's point, he said, "Well, would this be different? Would they be in a division race? Would the Bears be eight and one with Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn?" No, that would be my answer too. Yeah, and I just think again, if you, Ryan keep, Poles, if you keep adding up some of the guys from before, maybe. But that's a lot of guys you let go. I think Ryan Poles, and I like what they did. They took that lineup that was not theirs, and they said, "Let's yeah. get what we can for it." I'm with you. Let's move on and let's rebuild this team the way we want to rebuild it. He came in and inherited an old football team and a roster that wasn't very good. 
that doesn't mean there weren't good players on it. Khalil Mack is right. obviously a good football yes, player. Yes, he is. Roquan Smith is obviously a good right. football player. And but, a middle linebacker that believes he's worth $24 million a yeah, year. Yeah, which is probably which is you know, a little bit foolish. We're starting but, to learn that. But I hope he gets it, you know, for the player's sake. What if he goes someplace and somebody decides to pay him $24 million a year? Good for them. Good for Roquan is what I would say there. You convince somebody to break the bank for you. So yeah. good for the player at that point, but I'm glad it's not the Bears play, paying I don't know. I've heard he's dead set on $120 million. Like, Bradley Chubb didn't get $120 million. Bradley Chubb rushes the quarterback. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I like Roquan. My stance over the summer was, yeah, you know, you should be acquiring good talent. You should hold on to your good talent. I, I didn't know Roquan was asking for 120 or potentially $125 million. I mean, at some point, you do you say, no, you, you're we can't do an it. off you're a non-rush linebacker. Yeah, you just can't do it. You no, got to shake I, I your saw, head and say thank right, you, but no it. thank you. But yeah, I mean, I I think he looked at his roster and he goes, "This isn't very good. There's some good players. This is not a good or deep roster, and it's old, and we need to change it." And that's why he's gone about the business of changing it. And you got to deal. You got to take your lumps now. Rebuilds are not easy, folks. They don't look pretty. They're not easy. Team's going to lose. The Bears, at the very least, have they have been competitive. They are exciting right now. This is the first time in forever I can remember sitting down and being genuinely excited to watch this offense. It's the first time in a long time. You know, the Bears, I was looking, the Bears are 11th right now in the NFL in average points per drive. York at 2.13. The last time they were anything close to that was 2000. What was Trustman's first year? I wrote it down. 2012. Uh, 2013. 13. Tressman's first year, they were actually fifth. Um, that's the last time they were uh, anywhere uh, near that sort of number where they're a very efficient, uh, at times exciting and explosive offense. That that first year, trust me, the offense was actually pretty good. I think they finished 8-8 eight and, eight and they missed the playoffs. But that offense was good that year. I mean, they put up good numbers across the league. It's, it's like the first time in years that I can remember being excited about really sitting down and watching the offense. And so there are some good things that are coming out of it, even though it's going to maybe be a painful rebuild when you just think about wins and losses. If you're dead set on only being enjoy, uh, only enjoying Bears football when they win, it's going to be a tough year for you. They're not going to get to 10 wins. They're probably not going to get to 7. Black and Abdallah are going to have to sweat this thing out here. They just are. There's a couple losses on there that you'd like to have back, or a couple games you'd like to have back. Where you, hurt. Figure, you could have won. You could have won the Washington game. They you should have probably won Sunday because you were at home. You know, I get it. it but you're, they might not get to seven. I think we're kind of dead in the water at this point. I, I think the, the, the whole premise of our uh, our pitch in the offseason, yeah. the training camp, and uh, the preseason was that they had to get ahead. Uh, early run. They had to get ahead of it because late December, you're going to have yeah. some of the best teams in football coming through. And, and I just don't – I don't see it now. I, I felt confident before. But like you said, the Commanders game, you have a number one wide receiver. That guy catches the ball, falls in the end zone. That's a victory. That should have been right? a win. Uh, okay, maybe the refs gave you the old screw job yeah. last week. But you, you – you outplayed the Dolphins. You should have won against the Lions. There, there were three that to game four games. Sure. Yeah. The Smith Marset fumble, like oh. that. There was an opportunity there against a very good Vikings team. The Vikings game. Yeah. That's what's frustrating. Is yeah. that you could you know, it's easy to kind of uh, say that it's stupid to suggest that only a couple plays could change oh, the entire oh. season. But like, I think we could pick through. There are like four or five plays from this season that if they go the other way. 
The Bears are sitting at 500 right now. Right. I think I can, I, you can call it uh, Blex 10, you know? But, but, yeah. The, yeah. The Blex 10 commandments of why the Bears are where they're say at. That. I mean, well, it's true. But, but, don't, but you guys are still going to get to the end of this year, even if the bet doesn't hit. Let's say they go 6 and 11. You're not going to feel awful about that 6 and 11. You're going to be pissed that your bet didn't hit. But yeah. You're not going to feel awful because I think they're actually trending in a better place than maybe. Like, this is like sort of the best case scenario playing out. We're like, oh, we trust this offense, and Justin's getting better, and they're an exciting team to watch. And, like, are they actually trending in a positive direction? And I think we could say they are. Well, I'll feel best that we were right about Justin Fields, that yeah. he can play. And obviously, the passing aspect of, of his game needs to develop more and more and more as it goes. Oh, it but, does, yes. But I think what we're seeing here is this is a different story than what we saw the last time the Bears drafted a quarterback at the top. <laughs> yes. So, like, he, he seems like he has a command over his teammates, the, the huddle, the, the offense, and now it's just about limiting the mistakes. Yeah. That, that throw against the Lions, that was terrible. But now, if he's the one that said horrific, it, horrific. don't let it happen again this season, right? Right, exactly. Uh, why did Chase Claypool's snap count go down? Matt Eberflus tries to answer that coming up next. And we'll take your Bears calls, 312-332-3776, if you want to ring us up. Talk Bears or NFL as uh, we roll into Week 11. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. Follow at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64 on Twitter. Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. The question everyone is asking, Yurko. Everyone is asking the question. Everyone. What is it? Men, women, children. They all want to know. Why did Chase Claypool's snap count go down? It did. It didn't make any sense. They, they said, another, you know, he got here on a short week and he had more snaps. How? How is that possible? Traded a second-round pick for him. You obviously like Chase Claypool. What happened? As Ricky Ricardo would say. Here's Matt Eberflus talking about it yesterday. The Monday after when he met the media. The snaps dipped a little bit. What was the reason for that? Yeah, I think it was 19 snaps. I think he had two targets uh, on the day. But, uh, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, he's the primary and they're covering that. You go to the secondary, you know. So, you know, we visited. Getsy and I visited about that this morning. And that's pretty much what it was. So, Very convenient, Matt. Why are the snap counts down? Well, a lot of times he's the primary, and then you go to the secondary. No, we didn't yeah. ask about his targets. No, that's not what you asked about at Very all. Very convenient, Coach. Yeah, we why, get what you're trying to do. Why'd you decide not to play him? We get it. The snaps dipped a little bit. What was the reason for that? Yeah, I think it was 19 snaps. I think he had two targets uh, on the day. But, uh, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, he's the primary, and they're covering that, and you go to the secondary. You know, so, you know, we visited. We, Getsy and I visited about that this morning, and that's pretty much what it was. So. so now the first part of his answer is BS. But the right. last part is interesting. Getsy and I met about that this morning. So... I'm assuming that well, they be, meet about everything in the morning. Yeah, but he specifically, he's like, you know, that that had to be a point of like, hey, did Matt Eberflus say to him, this isn't good? I mean, everybody notices that. Like, what happened? It'll be interesting to hear what Getsy says about it Thursday when he meets the media. Got to get him more and, involved, and right? maybe and maybe that's when you get your true answers. Maybe it's got to get more involved. Maybe Getsy just owns it, wears it, and says, yeah, I was on. A, I don't know. I can't imagine what the. What's the answer? I mean, with the, with more time to prepare and get uh, assimilated into the offense, like how could his snap count go down? It's strange to me. 
Uh, well, I guess they're I mean, the, reacti- the reactivation and- of Pringle, right? How many three wide receiver oh. sets were you in? I guess that's what's frustrating then. I don't need to see Byron Pringle. I so know what Byron is, Pringle is. Is the first two on the field when they're in two wide receiver sets, is it Pringle? And no, the uh, the breakdown for snaps, it was uh, it was Mooney, Mooney it was, was Pettis, and it was uh, okay. St. Brown. So there you go. And, and uh, Pringle was fourth as far as snaps, and then Claypool was fifth. Pringle should not be taking snaps away from anybody at this point. <laughs> well, Except maybe first of all, you don't know. You, you don't know anything about Pringle because we haven't seen Pringle, have we? I've seen three years of Byron Pringle. What well, at Kansas City, you haven't seen him here with the Chicago Bears in the offense that they're running here. How many double tight end sets and three tight end sets did they run? I bet I can get the exact count, but I bet it was a no. But that's then, you know. Then how much time did they spend with the bigs on the field? I bet that was a big number. Yeah. Maybe that'll be his answer. And why? Well, maybe some of it has to do with you know you had a two touchdown lead and you were going to go and heavy gonna, a little bit yeah, and run and you the were ball. Try to run the ball, which you couldn't do. Which, uh, when you had to run the ball with a two touchdown lead, you couldn't do it. Hey, point, here's the answer: uh, Komet was out there for ninety three percent of the snaps, fifty seven of them. Uh, let's see. Then we go down go to, to Wesco. Wesco, Wesco yeah. was only out there for 15 snaps, 25%. Okay. And Griffin was out there for 13 snaps, 21%. Theoretically, you know, um, if you're in a two tight end set, Komet's always out there, right? Basically, Komet's the yes. Komet's out always going to be out there. Always going to be out there. And so you can argue a two tight end set, they went twice. And three tight, tight ends, they went more than that. Or were they switching the, uh, the, the two, second well, and they third? They could have switched them, yeah. Well, that's what I'm asking. But it sounds to me they're in a double tight end set. I'll, try to, find, I'll try to get an official count with the three. At least the 15 together. times. At least 15. It could have been more. It could have been 17 times they're in double tight. And once you're in double tight, you've got to take somebody off the field. Mm-hmm. One back. Two wide receivers. You're I'm not just, playing three wide. Then. I'm surprised at how little he was out there. That's all. It's um, maybe game flow does have something to do with it. I don't know. I just you've. Don't you want to spend the next, you know, in this case it was eight games, and from here on out it's seven more games. Don't you want to spend it seeing, like, maybe that way you could try to get an extension done in the offseason before his contract is totally up? I mean, you invested a lot here. You you essentially you got to find out what you have. A top 40 pick. Right, you've got to find out what you have. It seemed like he wasn't out there for red zone situations either. Well, he wasn't out there at the end of the game either, was he? No, no, he wasn't. That's bizarre. I'm sorry. I don't know. Like, we can only explain away so much. Yeah, they can talk about, well, we went heavy personnel and we tried to run the ball and we had a two-touchdown lead, so we were doing some more too-tight stuff. And I don't know. it's, It's That's a tough sell. And I guess we'll see come... Thursday, what he has to say about it. But it was surprising to me. I thought we were going to see a lot more, and I would not have guessed that we would have had a, a higher snap count in week one than we did in week number two. Uh, for all of the Cooper Cup owners, I'm sure you were bracing you know, to replace him in the uh, short term. You might have to replace him long term, too. I can't imagine they bring Cooper Cup, uh, Cooper Cup back. They're not officially ruling him out for the year, but he's going to have what are they, that tightrope surgery, they call it, Yurk? On the high ankle, they call it a tightrope surgery. I don't exactly even know what that is. Yeah, they're cinching something up. But he up. is having surgery oh, on the high ankle sprain. Yep. And he's being placed on IR. They're not officially ruling him out, 
but that's weeks and weeks, and they're a three and six football team. I can't imagine they want to bring Cooper Cup back on an ankle injury this year. It wouldn't seem to make sense when you're a three and six team. So well, I mean, surgery like that. that, doing that, you're looking probably at at least six to eight weeks. That's what I would think. Right? You're looking at the rest of the season. Would you bring them back? It seems crazy. Well, it depends what they're happening, but it looks like they're on the oh, outside looking in. They're yeah. three and six, and yeah. without him and Stafford's, and yeah. I don't know right. if he cleared they're concussion. In decline. Well, terrible. This is when all the stuff that you've been doing, unless he did for the last year, this winter. All comes okay. Now you got to pay the piper. Yeah, this is where you have to pay the piper, whether yeah, they, you like it or not. The piper's being paid they, here. They really took a big step back. The offensive line has hurt them. You know, Whitworth retiring is not good, and then they've had injuries. That their left guard, poof, he struggles. Did they uh, lose their center too? Uh, yes, he, remember uh, we're, Brian we're, Allen. Yes. We're thinking about Brian the center Allen's back, I believe, but he was gone for a number of games early in the season. Yes, York, he was. They've had all kinds of issues. They haven't really been able to incorporate Allen Robinson the way everybody thought. They just haven't looked like a good offense. You know, you put them on, they just haven't. Um, Stafford's looked uh, shaky to say the least. They they have not been good this year. They were terrible the other day, but they were playing with the backup. Tony's in Dyer on ESPN One Thousand. What's up, Tony? Hi, uh, love you guys' show. Thank you. I'm. I'm scratching my head not so much as far as the targets or how much he's on the field. I just don't understand why they would go after him and lose a top 40 pick when they've been trying to accumulate as many draft picks as possible. Or does Poles really think that Claypool will be is more polished and more developed than someone they could have got in the yeah. draft? But I, I, I would think at 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 four at the possibly the 40th pick, couldn't they have gotten an a good wide receiver sure. from in, in college? I think that's the risk they took. Tony, I think you nailed it, though. No. He figures he's a good. He's their second-round pick. They've got two of them. He traded one of those second-round picks in for a player that's got, uh, you know, uh, uh, he's got some. Well, what's the term I'm looking here for, Yerk? Uh, he, he's got a resume in the NFL. Right. The he's, last two he's years, he's got some favorite, productivity. He's got some productivity. He's got some productivity. Look, he scored 11 touchdowns as a rookie. So there is some productivity. So I think, Tony, that's it. He traded it in. Now, will he be wrong? He could be. Yeah. These guys have tough jobs. That's the that's the, the risk you run. Yeah, he could be wrong. But I think 100% he traded it in for, There's here's a guy that we like and have liked who's got productivity in this league. We're going to buy low on him in a sense. Like, I don't know if it's buying low so much. We can trade a second-round well, yeah, pick. Yeah, when you trade like, a second-round pick, it's not it's buying like, low. But, but he became available, he became so available. we're going to make a move for him. Yes. He, right. he fell out of favor. Right. We're going to grab him. And bring the best out of him. And they've got two they like, J- Johnson, and they got Pickens, the kid right. they drafted. So they, we've got two like we like. We like Fryermuth. They do like So they got three they like. They like the running back who they drafted in the first round. Najee. All right, we've got an extra one. Can we get some for him? Who yep. needs a wide receiver? Came and there are a couple of teams that were hurting for wide receiver, and yep. the Bears end up finding them. Yep. But if you didn't get him, the Packers were. They were going to. Packers there, wanted him. Absolutely. There you go. Eddie, it was nice to see Eddie at Moretti's on Friday at the remote. Eddie on the north side. What yeah. up, Eddie? Hey, boys. What's going on? Now, how much do you think Claypool's like, man, I wish I would have went to Green Bay where I had Aaron Rodgers throwing <laughs> to me on a contract year, you know, so I can make my money up instead of going to a team where they barely pass. And I mean all the receivers at the Bears. And how about how the running backs feel? Man, this guy's taking our runs away. I mean, the first design play uh, uh, for the Bears this past Sunday is a quarterback sneak uh, on the left side. Yes. Well, that I mean, wasn't and, bad. And, and, you know, I, no, I know. It was a good play. It got yeah. a lot of yards. Yeah. And, and the thing is, no matter what Justin Fields did in this last game, the only thing I took out of it is Justin Fields cost 
the Bears to win of that game. Because what quarterback are we looking for, we always look for, is clutch. Is, is oh. quarterback that make plays to win games. And in the fourth quarter, it was non-existent. Uh, they got a ways to go in, the ter- in terms of, like, yeah, being able to be explosive in the passing game. There's no doubt, Eddie. They, they, it's, that is a big work in progress, though. That's not all on Justin. But uh, he's, a bi- he's the biggest component because he's the most important player. You can't complete two passes for 13 yards when you need points. And expect yeah, to win. That, can't do it. That, you yeah. know, I don't care what the score was. Okay, I don't care that it was twenty-four to ten. When all of a sudden it's a game, you can't complete two passes for thirteen yards. It, 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 it's it's a tough way to win in this league doing that. It doesn't it work. Is. So it doesn't work. Yes, there's development that still needs to happen. Uh, I, I think everybody fully understands that. But it's so much better than where they were a year ago, or two, or three years ago. And that there's so much more hope, I think, right now that he could potentially figure it all out. He's such a threat with his legs. And if he figures out that other component, he's got the skill to do it. And he's got the processing ability to do it. He just needs to trust it a little bit more. That's it. I think that's as simple as I can put it. Like he need, And they need to get that through to him. Just trust a little bit more. You're doing it. You're seeing it. Let it rip. Trust it a little bit more. Let it rip. Let it fly. It's Carmen York. We'll be right back. See what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. On Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago today. This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. New episode of Crosstalk Unhinged is going to drop today on the ESPN Chicago app. Today was a doozy, folks. You do not want to miss this week's Unhinged. Uh, we have uh, a loyal fan base uh, that is growing. We appreciate that, the, that likes the, the, the dirty, raw, yeah. blue nature of we, Unhinged. We call him Sylvie's Dozen. Y- you. <laughs> Stop it, Jerko. I'm just having fun. This is the one that's going to put us over the top. You are not going to want to miss. Uh, I'm looking for a text message from Danny Zetterman. Where the hell did it go? From DZ. Oh, here it is. Because uh, this was good. Danny Danny was thinking about you this morning. Oh, boy. Um, RG3 actually tweeted, uh, what is the best soup? I and saw this, that. Yeah, this is like a Yurko special. Yeah. Because Yurko uh, really inf- enjoys a fine bowl soup. I do, too. But I'm you not, eat a lot more soup I, than I, I do. I'm not a, a fan of some of the soups that were listed. Like uh, the tortilla right, soup, there are 12 I like. Listed. Yeah. Tortilla soup you, I like. You, I put that at number five on my list. You say yay or nay, okay? Y- yay for so, tortilla well, soup. Well, hold on. I'm going to yeah. hold on. Yay. I bet. I bet. Tomato soup. No. No tomato no. soup. Okay. Chicken noodle. Yes. Ba- basic old basic, school, but yes. Good, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Clam chowder, the New England kind. The, I'm red, a, the, I'm the a, white. I'm a Manhattan clam chowder guy. Me and too. eventually that'd be number one on my list. Manhattan wow. clam chowder is number one on the list. Look at you. I do not like New England clam chowder, I but I either. like Manhattan. Manhattan. That's the red. I love. All right, so we uh, we both like that. When well, we're crossing off clam chowder, but we like Manhattan. So I like a tomato-based soup, but it's got to have something in it. But you don't like tomato soup. Well, I don't like tomato because it's boring. Hmm. It's a boring soup. All right. Uh, minestrone. Minestrone. I like minestrone. Yeah, me too. Yes. I like minestrone. Not my favorite, but I like minestrone. I like it, though. French onion. Yes. 100%. Oh, yeah, just edible. Broccoli cheddar. Not really. Me neither. Not, not a fan. Matzo ball. Not really, me but neither. every blue moon... Jewish penicillin is necessary. I don't like Matzo it. Ball I soup. don't like the. I don't like the taste of that. Remember the movie Van Wilder? Van Wilder, yeah. yeah. Jewish penicillin. That's good. Matzo ball soup. 
Wonton soup. Uh, I haven't really had a, a ton. Egg drop soup and sweet and sour soup. Mm. Um, I do enjoy. Like if I'm going to get Chinese food, I'll, mm. I'll order that. All right. But I've never had wonton soup. I can't comment. Chicken tortilla. Yes, you yes, said. Yes, I already your said top love, five. Love chicken tortilla. Lobster bisque. Oh, man, rich and it's creamy. Rich. Yeah, it'll blow you but, out. But, but I, I need a little lobster piece in there. Me too. Sometimes it's it's billed as lobster bisque, and then you can't find the lobster. If, if they call it lobster bisque and there's no lobster, then it's just bisque. Like bisque. Okay? Lobster bisque means you got to have some lobster in yeah, there. Yeah, I need the lobster in yeah. there, too. Pho. Vietnamese, I, have I believe. No idea. Never eat. Very good. It's kind of like, guys, what would uh, you what, best describe what pho? Would it's like pho ramen. Be? And it's, it's kind of like ramen. It's like a broth with bean sprouts, right? And noodles. Yeah, but you add the, the liquid to it, like, after. Don't you? you, you get out, it's stuff, like ramen. You put the stuff in, the and stuff then you put in. the liquid in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's, it's, it's in a Southeast Asian, I'd say. It's very I, good. I mean, I wouldn't be against it. If no, I ever had like some, I would like uh, it. around the corner over here. There's a pho place around the corner? Pho or pho? I, I think it it's pho. Pho. I think it's pho. Oh, if you go, I'm sorry. If you go pho, that means it's fake. Maybe. you might. I think it's pho. Pho. Okay, that's my bad. I'm an ignoramus on that one. Pho. Ramen-san, down around the corner. Delicious. I love ramen-san. I mean, ramen-san is insane. Delicious. Insanely good. Just around the corner, huh? Yeah. They came to Bourbon and Bacon. Chef Max brought that pork belly ramen. I had it there. That was delicious. Sensational. That was ramen. That was ramen. That was ramen. That's not pho. But it's like if you, the way, when you get it there, they give you the stuff and then you add, they give you broth, you add it to it. So it's technically. I love it. Yeah. What about lentil? Lentil soft, soup, soft boiled egg. Uh, yes. Oh man, I love. I listen. Any uh, any soup with beans in it is a healthy soup for you. I like it. We see eye to eye on a lot of soups, Yurko. Yeah. Out of that group that I listed for you, what would you say is the creme de la creme? Manhattan clam chowder is number one on, on there, that list. But all right, Manhattan clam chowder. Uh, then I'd go French onion. I would go French onion. Uh, chicken noodle probably four or five. I think I pointed that out. Chicken tortilla would be about that. That too. French onion's kind of like the baddest cat on the block when it comes to soup, isn't it? With the cheese and the bread and the richness and whew, uh, it's pretty good. But pretty good. As long as you didn't overload me with onions, I'm a happy camper. Okay. You know, they, obviously uh, the flavor comes from the onion, but I, I want I, I want more broth than onion. Mm. Yeah. And my broth yeah, soaking yeah. into more the broth bread, than onion. the yeah, toast, yeah. or I whatever's agree. underneath there. I agree. I need that, and then don't kill me with the cheese. Just the right. Give amount. me the good compliment. Everything's got to compliment everything. Yeah. If any of the one of the one one of the ingredients overtakes the other, it's no good. That's right. It's no good. It defeats its own purpose, That's as Jake Lamato would say. Don't overcook correct. the steak. That's they left right. the best one off. You overcook the steak, it defeats What's its own the purpose. Best What's the one? best one? Cereal. But that's not soup. Why not? That's silly. What's the difference? That's silly. You put stuff in liquid. Stuff in liquid is soup. That's silly. What? Oh, you're going to tell me because it's cold? Gazpacho. Gazpacho, yeah, Yeah, that's true. I can't can't even tell you that. Did anybody anybody say the same? Why was it not the same? Anybody say anything about gazpacho? How is it not the same? Only you. How is it not the same? It's not the same. You have a bowl? Soup needs to be cooked. Cereal is not cooked. Do they not cook the little stuff first? Cereal. Do they not toast the little frosted flakes? Don't entertain him. Black, what are you doing? The minute you start I mean, entertaining what, what, him, don't he becomes put this a on problem. Me. What are you doing with Listen to Yurko. Ignore him. Listen to him. If you have stuff in liquid, <laughs> it's soup. Let's go to line six. Ignore him. Go to line six. Liquid is soup. best way to do it. You have different things in a liquid. It's soup. Unbelievable. People can ring us up. Is there soup? Is cereal soup? Put Abdallah in this place. We're crying a lot. 
You know what I made on Sunday, Yurko? I made a stew, a winter stew with oh beef, chuck. Was uh, it thick? Oh, Chris. The, the, I mean, <laughs> it was so thick and meaty and I'm going to send you a picture. I made a oh rigatoni a la Yurkovich yesterday. Yeah, you said you were making lamb bolognese. Yeah, I had I a like lamb it. bolognese with some rigatoni. Yeah, it was delicious. Beautiful, beautiful. Fresh pecorino. Beautiful. Oh, Look at you. Man, I'm telling you, Carm. You'd like this. I love the sound You'd of like that. I can bring in and you know, yeah. microwave you a bowl. Yeah, I love the sound. Get it nice and hot for you. It's wonderful. And the ridges on the rigatoni. Oh, man. That's it. Holds, it's a nice, uh, oh, it's a and, nice and noodle. Hold the condiment, and then the, the tube captured a little lamb too. Yeah, oh, that's boy. right. And that's a nice vessel. Yeah. Yeah. Rigatoni is a good vessel for a sauce like that because you're right. The ridges hold absolutely. You know, they it, well, now if it's that cut without the ridges, it's ziti. My Nico says tomato basil soup for him. I love that's tomato basil. Loves. I'm with that's Nico on that. I can yeah. get behind a good tomato soup. And Viking Scott says, uh, "Go blow it out. Go Vikings." Uh, tell Viking Scott to yeah. uh, talk to us in the playoffs after they choke. Oh, Monday night game is in Mexico, not a home game for the Cards. Oh, that's right. That's the Mexico it's in game. in Mexico. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Vikings, Scott. Thank you, Scotty. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about the Monday night game. That's not uh, so much an intra-division home dog because they're playing that game in Mexico yep. City. Mexico City. Another international game for the I NFL, I think it's the man. final they're, one, isn't it? I think it is. This, their, their master plan of conquering the world is uh, coming to fruition. Yeah, Roger well, Goodell. When are they going to play in Australia? Uh, that's a good question. Uh-huh. Boy, that's a tough schedule, man. Why, enjoy, yeah, well, why, why, game? why ignore the continent, you know? How do you schedule that? That's right. Why do you ignore the continent? But, boy, think about the travel involved there. Oof. I thought about it. Mod on. Yeah. When we come back, we'll take your calls on soup. Uh, people, believe it or not, somebody says Abdallah's right. Well, That's ludicrous. There's another idiot you in the world. look at the definition. Do you like what is it? cereal super stew? Which do you like? 312 332 We'll talk bears. It's Carmen and York. We're back in two minutes.